I think anybody who pays attention to calendars, even at a very normal lay person level, like most people do, uh, figures out pretty quickly early in their life that they're very annoying and confusing and don't make any sense and that there's probably a better way to do it. Even if that's yes. where most people stop and say, somebody should fix this. Uh, yes. What do you tell me? Tell me about b- before we talk about why, how it got that way. Tell me about your own process of discovering that for yourself. Oh, man. So it starts with computers, right? Um, so I guess for one thing, growing up, we had like a bunch of random apps on my dad's computer. And one of them was a perpetual calendar generator that had different, um, that had like the, the normal calendar, Gregorian calendar, but also had other cultures calendars. And I was like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's something complicated, like not only is our regular com- calendar complicated enough and interesting and full of patterns, but there are other ones and they all interlock and they're all getting at something. Mm. And that has always been appealing to me. And then like, in my day job, you know, calendars are the bane of anyone trying to do any kind of reckoning of like, well, when did this happen? Oh, was that tomorrow? Oh, well, that's GMT. No, it's that was this afternoon, you know, kind of stuff. And so it's always on my mind. Mm-hmm. So you must have had an aptitude for it when you first saw it that got you from like wondering how it works to working with it as uh, possible, right? I, I kind of remember like the kinds of things I would have done as a kid would be like copy it out onto paper. Like what's the pattern and just like write rows and rows of numbers and looking for where it repeats and, you know, things like, Oh, you only get a Friday the 13th. If you have new year's is on a just Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of thing was always interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it seems like to me, there are basically two ways of reckoning time And this is like, this comes from, uh, astronomy and like, we will get into that in various ways, I'm sure. But like what I'm asking about at this point is really just like the difference between like days and months, like hours, hours as a way of keeping track of time (laughs) and like multiple days and sequences of days as ways of keeping track. Like were they, were they both involved for you or did it start with like looking at a month page on a calendar and thinking about it that way? I mean, I, I definitely remember the months being interesting earlier, but gradually you become aware that like the changing lengths of the day Mm -hmm. is super interesting. And when I move further North, especially just like, Oh, these seasons are really different. 4 p.m. means something really different now than it does later. And why is that? I also had a thing for a while where I was like, no, it's all arbitrary. I'm going to change my sleep cycle and do 28 hour days. I only have six days <laughs> in a week. And I, for years, I said I was going to do it, never actually it's pulled like, it off. It's like living on Mars or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Yeah. So, so you tried, you tried time as arbitrary, it, it didn't work. Right. Tell me what didn't work about it. Uh, it turns out that people are really, really solar. That you can you can fight that to some degree, but you've got an internal clock, and that informs everything. And the changing of the seasons is real, and it affects what you can do. Uh, and despite living in air conditioned buildings and going into offices and trying to hide that, it it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. So that that gets you to 
day and night and also like months and seasons and the, 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 the changing of your orientation to the sun as a way of keeping track of time. At what point for you did you notice that the moon was also involved? Yeah. So what is a month? Why <laughs> do we have months? Like, <laughs> it seems so arbitrary, but like, no, you need something of like a, a, a middling length, you know, a year is a long time and a day is a short time, but like human people need something else. And we, we really lost, can I get into the history a little here? Yeah, please. Like, um, so the, the Gregorian calendar and its predecessor, the Julian are mostly the project of we don't have a lunar calendar anymore, but we accidentally still have a lunar holiday. We, we have Easter. And a thing that was true in like early Christianity was, before it had totally separated from Judaism, they were like, well, just, we'll use, what it's the same time as Passover, we'll just ask the rabbis. Eventually that became embarrassing. <laughs> and they um, had to figure out their own way of doing it. And and the, the Roman calendar had all sorts of political things. There's this, uh, there's a, a pattern in civilizations where you start off with something that's like, no, we'll just look at the moon. When the moon is at this thing, we'll do the thing. But bureaucratically, like that becomes complicated and you want to know things in advance and you want it to have a more solid pattern than it really has. Uh, and you start systematizing it. And then there's this tension between how close is your system between like going outside and actually looking at the moon. Uh -huh. um, and the Roman empire had that happen early. Um, but the same thing happened to like the Islamic calendar. There were there were reasons that it was more practical to like insert another month here or whatever. And oops, you've lost track of the seasons. But uh, okay, well, we, politics might have priority for this era. So I grew up with the Jewish calendar side by side with the Gregorian calendar, and there was always a sense for me that the Jewish calendar made more sense. I, I'm not sure exactly what that meant to me at the time. But the way that it incorporated both and adjusted yeah. was very satisfying to me. And so like the, the, uh, the way I knew it was like was working. I think what I'm working towards, by the way, just to give you the parentheses is a question about holidays, which you just brought yes. up. But like what I, what I, what began to become clear to me is that like Hanukkah always had the same moon phase and you right. know the the festivals were always on the full moon and that that one in particular like really hit for me it was like oh of course the night that is the that's lit up all night is the night that we yeah. party outside so like you know that the the way that it adjusted for that and, you know people make fun of the jewish calendar with I mean, jewish people make fun of the jewish calendar sure i, I should say contemporary right uh, yes technologically insulated jewish people and, and in every culture that still has a lunar calendar there's that like oh it's this archaic thing we're a little bit embarrassed by it yeah yeah, but the, the they couldn't explain it away, right? Because it actually made more sense than like the arbitrary numbers, seemingly arbitrary numbers of days and months and things that we had in the calendar, the default calendar that everybody else was using. So we kept track of both. And then the, the, the fact that the moon phases um, were a way of visually telling that it's that time of year, you know, like that phase of the moon in that season of the year was always when the, when the holiday was coming, you could tell, right? Like you could yeah. tell it was almost Pesach time because it was warming yeah. up and the moon was getting full. So that the, 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 the grounding in something real 
was what really did it for me. And I thought I was going to ask you about holidays, but I think what I want to ask is about that tension between like a phenomenon and an abstract, like a real manifest yeah. phenomenon and an abstraction. Like that has to be managed yeah. somehow. Yeah. So calendar has two functions, right? It's one, you know, watching the natural events mm -hmm. and two, organizing how people interact with each other. Mm -hmm. And like the word calendar is Latin. It means to shout out. Uh -huh. uh, and because they had priests who would shout out, it's the new moon. Yep. You know, but that was to organize like the marketplace and what, you know, and like the needs of the marketplace aren't, you know, don't directly rely on the moon. They, you do need to know when the holidays are. You need to know when the break time is, when it's open, when it's closed. Yeah. But like those two things, they, they kind of match. You need to know when people are going to leave for the festival because that's the full moon, yeah. but it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing. So another, another way that these, let's call that culture, let's call that just that interplay, like, and the way that a particular people in a particular place responds to it, the culture, the culture of time in that particular culture. One thing I've seen over and over again in fascinating ways, uh, that comes up in the techniques of astrology which is jumping mm. ahead technically in terms of yeah, the kind yeah. of things we're talking about. But like there are what the, there is always for, for those of us who are practicing astrology on a daily basis, there are all these techniques that you have to kind of trace the provenance of in order to understand how to yes. use. And so many of the things that made it into what is typically called traditional astrology, what really means Hellenistic astrology. Uh, so many of those things uh, embed cultures of time from particular more ancient times as totally. like abstract facts of time when really what they are is like seasonal indications of a particular right. place. The one I'm thinking of is the cancer rising on in the Thema Mundi, which is the like Hellenistic chart of the creation of the world. People wonder why, you know, we've got so much saying like Aries, the spring equinox is the beginning right. of the Zodiac. So why is the creation of the universe cancer rising beginning of summer? And mm. the answer is because the heliacal rising of the star Sirius, which happens in July, mm -hmm. uh, is the flooding of the Nile. And that's when, oh, the, right. that's when the agricultural year of this particular culture starts. And of course, like in Egyptian cosmology, the world was created the first time the Nile flooded, right? So, right. so the, this becomes like a timekeeping unit uh, in that civilization. And then it gets transmitted down as like how time works. What, yeah. what what other like what have you seen about how that gets transmitted, and how does that relate to the calendars we ended up with? Yeah, so month names mm -hmm. um, historically they they start out like seasonal descriptions, mm -hmm. you know, um, and but that's extremely local, and uh, and so you you know you have a harvest moon or you have you know um, the the Saxon calendar has one that's the milk moon, uh, mm. something to do with you know ranching at the time, right? Uh -huh. Like, uh, and then in China they have a totally different thing about like when various flowers bloom, you know, uh -huh. and it's like hyper local. But as you expand and you're communicating, it's like, well, okay, what I just mean is the third one or the fourth uh -huh. one, and gradually the systems tend to replace descriptive season names with just counting, mm. and like the modern calendar you know, October, November, December it has that. In China, it's the same thing. They 
just grafted number names onto all of them. Um, and I, I do feel like we've lost something in that transition because yeah. there are the old names are more evocative, but what they're evoking is maybe not relevant for people. Uh-huh. Something they don't teach you in American. I don't know how pervasive, but probably pretty pervasive Jewish religious school. Like I'm guessing that really, that Orthodox, I wasn't educated in Orthodox culture, but I'm guessing it's probably even more like repressive of this fact than the one that I was raised in. Uh, something they don't teach you is that the names of the months that we use in the Jewish calendar are Babylonian names, right? They're, they're, of they're, course. they're names that come from a prior civilization. And of course, like that sort of lunar like reckoning of the months is technology that was imported from the from the civilizations that right. preceded the Israelites. So, you know, I I don't actually have very strong associations with those names. I, I tend to find what I associate with them is the holidays that fall in them. Right. And 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 that's that that's one weird way that it gets transmitted. But another thing though is like the counting, the calling out, the shouting out, right? That that is uh something that I think varies a lot more by the usage, right? Because mm. I, I'm, I'm not, and you know, the new moon at like being the visible crescent rather than like the astronomical right. moment of the conjunction is pretty widespread and sort of timekeeping civilizations from the Middle East. But like exactly when it right. is, it varies. And like in the Jewish reckoning, it's like when, when, a when the guy whose job it was at the temple in Jerusalem can see it is when the month starts. Right. You have to sort of do the whole world based on that. Right. And how do you coordinate that if you don't have modern communication technology? Right. Well, you tend to replace it with something that someone can do locally to approximate what they think someone is seeing in the holy city far away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that, that leads me to like exactly the stuff that we should talk about, we should make sure to talk about like the technological stuff, um, how we're doing this now, how we're, how we're doing this now that we have like precise astronomical measurements and the ability to calculate them on the fly in our pocket. Um, the, the, the thing there's, I want to start with an example though, about like how Judaism in the modern age has failed to adjust Mm. to this for like, you know, Judaism adjusts in so many great ways to the passage, like to the improvement of technology. But like on this point, they're unwilling. The rabbis are unwilling to be flexible. Like you have to have two days of observance of holidays outside of Israel in order to make sure that the, uh, that the, like the new moon falls in or the the moon phase falls in the right place. You might miss it if you did it just exactly. on one. Yeah. And so like they literally, they solve the problem by being like, if you are inside the geographical boundaries of this, of like the nation of right. Israel, you're, you get one day holidays, but if you're outside, you have two. Uh, and, and that sucks. We all hate that. And so, you know, or the people don't hate it, but people, people who have to integrate our religious practices with right. the surrounding society hate it. And, and you, it, it, it seems like we should be able to account for that now. And, you know, that's what that's that's the thing that I want to ask you about as someone who is designing timekeeping tools using <laughs> con, like contemporary mm-hmm. capabilities. Like, how do you think the ability to do that and to reckon it precisely changes the way we can keep time as a species going forward? Well, it's it's interesting because like something that something that should be an objective fact, like sunrise. Mm-hmm 
ends up being this kind of muddly abstraction. Uh-huh. Like there, okay. I have an app that can tell me when the sun has reached sea level or when it's a certain number of degrees above sea level, uh-huh. which is a standard definition, you know, uh, in the West for the beginning of, of sunrise. But I can't actually see the sun at that time yeah. because the sun is behind a hill. Yeah. And uh, there's, I have a hill to my West as well. And so it gets dark here, but sunset hasn't happened for another hour. And so there's a weird like approximation there of like, okay, well imagine you were on a boat on the ocean, but you were at your own latitude. And it's like, well, (laughs) what what does that mean? Um, And, uh, and so it is an approximation. Like the systems are always going to be an approximation of the observations. And like, you have to decide how much you care about that. Like um, there are still places in the world where people look to the to the new moon to start the new calendar month in various traditions and like to see the crescent and like sometimes they just miss it like if it's a cloud or something yeah. or it's very slight and the math says you could be able to see it that day but in practice you can't like which which thing should win mm-hmm. you know yeah the idealized system are people actually there mm-hmm. yeah so the the answer to that question has to be cultural, right? And like, I'm, I, I'm poking fun at my own people to a pretty serious extent here. But of course, like, I also accept the answer that like, the tradition localizes time in a particular place for reasons and like, observing that is, is, you know, part of how we do things. That's fine. But I also have this sense that your local time could be reckoned in a local way, like even more than a cultural way. Like we live in, or, or in a different layer of a cultural way, right? Like we all live in places that are surrounded by people reckoning time in different ways. But of course in Portland, it's always going to get dark at four o'clock in December. Right. And, and so like, what do we do as a city about that? Yeah. I, I have a friend who celebrates a holiday that he made up, they made up, um, that is, um, when the sunset is after 5 p.m. Uh-huh. It's an office worker's holiday. Uh-huh. I get outside and there's still sun, yeah. you know? And yeah. it's like late January every year uh-huh. and it's a special day. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love how that interacts with just like everyday stuff because the tension for me, and I haven't even really fully articulated what to do about this or how I feel about this. But like, I just live in a environment where like I am in conflict between multiple modes of timekeeping all the time. Cause yes. I live in this like Jewish home and I am this secular contemporary world. The, the integration of this holiday you just described with like the normal economic goings on. I mean, that's, that's how you, you said earlier that like the way that we'd started doing this in the first place before it spread and became a global technology was based on commerce and just the normal exchange of things. I guess there's a question here to, for me, to you, which is like, what does it mean about human life that time keeping has this secular mundane function and the sacred function at the same time. Mm. Mm. I think what it means to me is that you can't actually separate those two. That that to some degree the this the like the physical reality 
that's informing them both is what what we're living in and like the sacred is like when it you know bursts out and we're celebrating something special about it but it's the it's the structure that our lives are built around and our different ways of understanding it like help us manage and help us relate to other people but it's really all one thing it's just time and it's just the planet we live on and the stuff moving around us